Welcome back to 2988 Podcast. We are here with episode 10. We have Tasha, of course. Hey! And then Tasha has brought along Brian. What's going on, everybody? My fiance. <laughs> yes, her fiance. And then we also have joining us Tiffany and Jay. Do you guys want to say hey? Hi. Hey, everybody. Hey, okay, good. So we're going to get started. Um, we're drinking. Um, everybody has a different type of drink because everybody Mimosa. has had like a different type of night. Yeah. <laughs> right. We are drinking mimosas. The guys have beer. We took a shot. So, yes, we're drinking. Um, so, let's get into it. Do you guys want to take a moment to quickly introduce yourselves? Those who haven't been sure. on 2988 before, just let the people know just a little bit about you. You go first. Sure. Uh, so, so, my name's Jay. I live here in, in the District of Columbia, the nation's capital. I've been here about four years. <laughs> and uh, I come originally from Philadelphia. I moved around Philly, a bit. But uh, I've been here about four years. So far, so good. I work in hospitals around here. And uh, Tiffany's my girlfriend. And here she is. <laughs> um, hey, guys. So my name is Tiffany. I'm from California. I just moved to D.C. Gosh, I keep saying just. It's been about nine months now. Right. Um, I work for Wedding Wire. I do sales and consulting for venues in Texas and around the country. Um, I don't know. What else? I mean, I moved to D.C. because I met this guy long distance about a year and a half ago, and he just stole my heart. So after rocked a year, rocked Aww. my world, to be quite That's honest. So about, after a year dating back and forth for long distance, I chose to move, and it was just been the best decision of my life. So I love D.C. And so if you had to choose between California and DC, oh, what would you say? Because no you were question. in LA, right? Yes. So okay. I grew up close to San Diego. I lived my most of my adult life in Los Angeles. But I don't know. I just love the lifestyle that they have in Los Angeles. But DC is awesome too. I don't think I would love it as much if Jay wasn't here. Okay. Being realistic, mm -hmm. um, I think it's a lot more fun to be single in Los Angeles than it would be to be in DC. Just throwing See, that out there. That's why I need to move. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly why I need to move. Okay, Tiffany is also a doggy parent. Yes, yes. we have the dogs <laughs> in the background playing. Um, this is actually the second week in a row that I've had dogs featured on the podcast. <laughs> so um, say hey, Leo and Chloe. There they are. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, Brian? Yes. Introduce yourself. Oh, I knew that. Um, so, my name is Brian Goodwin, born in Arlington, Virginia. Um, spent some time in Philadelphia as well throughout my life. Um, BCU graduate, go Rams. Um, work as an IT network administrator right now at CoStar. Um, met Tasha through a mutual friend and decided, hey, why not? Let me go ahead and propose to her. She said Fell yes. Fell in love with me. Well, I mean, maybe. You, said met, yes. you met her and then you decided to propose. There was no middle, nothing in the middle. Nah, nothing in the middle. Nah, nah, <laughs> no important nah. details happening. Nah, very sporadic like that. Now you guys have a dog, too. So. Right. Yes, now we have a dog. The family's expanded. Yes, the family's getting bigger. As by of the day. like a few days ago. But that doesn't mean there's a kid on the way. I don't want nobody <laughs> right, people like this natural. I am actually like, their yes. child. I'm their child. <laughs> yes. um, all of their free time goes to me. So there's that. All right. Um, our game for the week is we're just gonna like fill in the blank. I'm gonna ask you guys some questions, and here we go. Is it rapid fire? I mean, answer as quickly as possible. Okay. He watches Jeopardy religiously, and so now I do too. So he's probably gonna kill all of us. <laughs> Do I have to answer in the form of a question? No. <laughs> no. What, is? what is? No, no, no. Okay. Um, my drink of choice is... Whiskey. Whiskey ginger. 
Cold beer. Uh, Tullamore do whiskey. What is that? that? Tullamore do whiskey. What is that? Very specific. Is that a type it's of whiskey? A brand? Oh, it's a brand. Um, I would say my choice of drink is whiskey ginger. That's what I would at the bar. Seems to be the theme here. Whiskey. Yeah. Whiskey. Like cold beer, whiskey. free beer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My biggest pet peeve is. Um, people chewing gum. Like loudly or just in general? Just, like, like, just in general, because like people are always so ghetto with it, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. I mean, everybody's not ghetto with their gum though. Like, you are. Am <laughs> <laughs> I? I think I just kind of chew the gum the way it's supposed to be chewed. Enjoy. I think you just don't like the thought of chewing gum. I think that's. What okay. it is. I think that's people it. with like mouth noises in general it's very obnoxious so i it get is. the chewing gum but i think it's like a broad spectrum of people making mouth noises in general right like when yeah i won't go into that but <laughs> okay everybody else pet peeves reality tv shows uh, oh, oh i doubt that i doubt that because that's my pet peeve like <laughs> you watch reality <laughs> tv religiously with tasha if you live with her i know you do so <laughs> you are you are peeved that's Often. like what I signed into, though. Like, I didn't know it came I will admit, her. though, that watching reality TV, I hate it, but I get sucked in. I oh, know it's, I know it's, it's, it's hard to turn your head away from That's all that. I hate it. it is. That's why but, I hate it, because I shouldn't be sucked into this stuff, man. It's terrible. <laughs> but she got me knowing who these people are, what happens after the show and stuff, man. <laughs> so upset at myself. <laughs> okay, you guys, pet peeves? Uh, for me, uh, my pet peeve is, is, is bad driving. Oh, I think yeah. I'm a good driver oh. and everyone else is a bad driver, but I don't know, pet peeves like when, when someone's not turning right on red or mm-hmm. you know, they slow down at the yellow light you can make it through. I know I'm probably more of an aggressive driver. I like to get to where I'm going efficiently. All right? yes. That means quickly and, and safely. effectively, safely. Yes. And I just think other people are hindering me from doing that sometimes. <laughs> okay. And I have a second pet peeve if that's okay real yeah. quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We ride a lot of escalators on the metro oh, and stuff here in DC. Preach. Okay. You stand right and you walk left. Yes. Yes. Thank you. A lot of Somebody people don't know you. that. This lady, I was trying to go to work yesterday and she was standing in the middle of the escalator and I was like, oh, excuse me. And she's like, I'm trying to take a picture. I'm like, yeah, excuse me. She's like, I can't get this photo. I'm like, I have to go to work. Right. So I was like, please just move to the right. No issue. Just to the right, please. Yeah. In, yeah, we don't yeah. have that issue in California. Some of these, some of these escalators are a mile long, like the one at the DuPont right, right. Metro uh-huh. Station. I mean, they're huge. So if, if you're trying to get to work, like Tiffany said, or get, make a train, right. you need to hustle down the escalator. Right. When, right. when there's 10 people standing in the way, they just don't get it. So that's one of mine. Yeah, that was a big pet peeve of mine when I was like commuting. Um, and I was actually in New York last weekend, and they just kind of stand wherever. I think that's just like a D.C. thing. So when during the um, summer break, when um, people are coming to see like the area that always used to irritate me because I'm just like, can you guys not come to D.C. and not fuck up my commute every morning? (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, no, still come. We need you guys for the commerce. Tiffany, your pet peeve? Um, My list. No, I feel like my pet peeve. It goes hand in hand. People that know everything about everything and they really don't. I don't mm-hmm. like that. And then people 
when you're talking to them about something that happened in your life and they're like, oh yeah, this happened to me and they change the subject to about them. Like, right. it bothers me to no end. Just be happy for other people. Just right. indulge in that conversation with them. Right. Bring it up the next time you guys talk about your accomplishments. Like, let that person have a win and right. like, let that be. Or let them even finish what they yeah, need to say. Yeah, it's like, oh wait, well I did this or, or me and so-and-so did this. And it's like, just, just quit it. Like, Calm down. Good. Yeah. Calm down a little bit. Um, my biggest pet peeve is um, currently boomerang um, I made a <laughs> status like an Instagram post about this but y'all motherfuckers in this boomerang situation like everything is not meant to be boomerang like as I was explaining in my video you boomerang a object that is moving while you are standing still so it's like you know you see the little whatever the fuck you want to call it right yeah. but then some people like take their phone and they boomerang from this side of the room to this side of the room moving and it's like yeah, moving their phone all around <laughs> it's like i don't know what you're trying to show me everything yeah. just kind of looks like a tornado Blurred. right so that is my biggest pet peeve currently um that's I, a 2017 pet peeve I yeah say, i mean like, you're blessed I could, that be your biggest right, pet peeve right now in, the, in this moment <laughs> yes but i we could go on for days and days talking about my pet peeves but we're gonna move on um your favorite Nicki minaj verse i really couldn't tell you um Nicki minaj verse yeah i don't i mean i like the truffle butter song right I, I don't know the I, I don't know the lyrics. I'm not gonna sing it on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Uh, I like the what the song with Usher, little freak. Okay, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Now the words, um, excuse me. Uh, uh, yeah, I say I'm on duty. I'm looking for a cutie <laughs> with a big old ghetto booty. Yes, like, that. Yes, yeah. That's your favorite one. Yes. Okay. Um, I had to go back to old Nikki. Um, she's only been out for like a couple of years. What do you mean old Nikki? Like her mixtape stuff. Yeah, um, she's that's, oh like she's been Nikki. Um, that that song was like I get crazy. It's like I just came up from the motherfucking old school. Yes. and the, that song like that uh, uh, beat me up, Scotty. Yeah, there we go. Beat me up, Scotty. Like I like that Nikki. So this new pop Nikki, you know, that's for everybody else. But, yeah, I like yeah. That was a good mixtape. Is she pop right now? I, mean, I don't know what she's right really now. doing right now. She's, um, she's getting on planes and wearing bundles and shit. Being so is Nas. she really dating Nas? We don't know. If we, she is, time will tell. Girl. Time will tell. My favorite Nicki Minaj verse is the Monster verse, hands down. Oh, yeah. To this day, still yeah, her she best went verse. Here. She went here on that. Um, okay, your favorite fall accessory? Boots. Best. It's my first like real fall, so... <laughs> oh, no, we didn't really have fallout in California. Oh, wow. That's yeah. true. So I've been loving scarves lately. I have a really great Burberry scarf that I'm obsessed with, and that's been my favorite thing. That I, that, like, like scarves probably, but I don't know. He bought me a pair of boots last year, but I don't know. I haven't really done fall. Like, we wear tank tops and flip-flops in the fall mm -hmm, in California. Mm -hmm. so. it's definitely, definitely hoodies for me. Yeah. Hoodie oh, yeah. season. I love a good sweatshirt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hoodies year-round. Yeah. yeah. Like a nice athletic hoodie, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, com it's comfortable. It's warm, you know. Cool, so. So My favorite um, fall accessory for guys is gray sweatpants. I ain't gonna lie. Oh, I love oh, wow. to see a guy in some gray sweatpants. I wonder why. I wonder <laughs> why. <laughs> she was specific though. She said gray sweatpants. I wonder um, why. Jason. But for my 
my my accessory like what I would wear it would definitely be booties like I love booties um so I'm excited do you guys like know what booties too? are I was just about to ask do you know what's a booty yeah, I didn't want to say that live they're like ankle boots they're not like full boots but they're like so why they called booties because it's like little boot, a, a little boot. Right. What I really want to invest in is a pair of like knee high boots, but I'm five eleven, so I don't know if they're gonna get get that tall. But I really oh, want true. them. They're so, Tasha true. You could reach the wine glasses. So pull back, Tasha. Okay. So if people don't know Tiffany, Tiffany is very tall, and I'm very short. So. Um. Yeah, I like I like all kinds of boots though, but like starting off is definitely booties because like I get hot. This is another reason why I know I'm about to get sick because I get hot easily, so I can't dress for this weather. Like I'm sure. confused right now because yeah. like you come out of the house in the morning, it's cool, and then by midday it's like 90 degrees. Right, right. You got to yeah. dress in layers. Yeah, and know, then at night it goes down to 60. I'm just like what is what is going on? And then I'm always hot, so I'm always dressing like I'm gonna be hot. Mm-hmm. So what do I what do I actually wear? So I, I like scarves though, because you can put it on if you're cold, take it off if you're hot. It's easy. True, I true. Like I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna get into some scarves yeah. this, this year. Okay. Um, and then finally, your favorite date night event. I know yours. Go ahead. The bar. <laughs> That's my favorite every night. Um, for me, I don't know. There's something romantic to me about the movies. I, I, I like going to see see a movie, and there's no better person to do it with than my, you know, soulmate over here. So we, we both really like the movies. But recently, one I guess you could throw this in my pet peeves is they put recliners in the movie theaters now. Right. So they're expensive so naps. I'm, I'm paying yeah, fourteen, fifteen dollars for a damn nap, man. So. Yeah, for me it's for me it's the movies. I guess if, if the bar is probably not an acceptable answer, seeing that's an everyday activity. I mean, the bar is great. I like the bar. Um, so favorite date. This is like very specific, but one day during the week, wanted to break up the week a little bit, and so when I first moved here, he bought me a soccer ball as like a welcome to DC because I played soccer my whole life and in college, and so we took the dog and the soccer ball down to the monuments and we played soccer in the grass until oh, night fell yeah. And it, yeah it was really romantic it was a lot of fun it was a great way to like get out of the house during the week and not just come home from work and sleep you know right. so it was really mm-hmm. cool i love that um i would have to say uh, me and brian we like to go hiking and i think that's my favorite date because that's not something i would normally do so I think he cool. kind of took me out of my comfort zone, and I really enjoyed that. I'm like, wow, he's really different, and I like it. <laughs> so it's not just like, you know, the typical, like, you know, let's go and grab something to eat, but like, right. like an activity together. Like an activity, yeah. yeah. Um, for me, it will always be some type of art event. So either like an art, art exhibit where I get to look, like, look at a lot of different type of portraits. And when I mean art, it doesn't have to be paintings. Like also like spoken word, spoken uh, uh-huh, yeah. event oh, types of dates. Yeah. Like I always feel like those are like the most intimate type of dates where like, you know, you get to hear somebody else's expression of emotions. And then at the same time, you kind of start thinking yourself like, you know, what emotions and thoughts you have for the person you with on that date. Oh, so, Brian. I definitely. I know real deep, right? Real Brian, deep. this is so, real deep. Real deep. Yeah. Real Stab <laughs> on it one time. Stab on it one time. <laughs> but no, nah, seriously though, that's probably like my favorite date thing to do. That's cool. 
Um, this is obviously why I'm single. Um, we do it up that way. <laughs> I like to go to real expensive restaurants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, um, I don't pay for nothing. We are at restaurants. Pick me up um, in the Uber Black. Right, it better not be that. Don't no wine or no don't pool me for me. Pour. Right. <laughs> I need the full Alsha bang come open my door. Oh my um, I mean, but then after that, like if we're talking experience type of things, I like like a paint and sip night. Um, I think those are really cute. Um, and then there's like this place where you could paint pottery, but like a lot of the type of guys that I date. I'll say like, oh, let's go paint pottery. And they're like, I ain't going to fucking paint no pottery. So right. it's just like. I, mean, oh. I feel like these young, <laughs> so these gentlemen do the same thing. So, <laughs> so they're like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, figuring that out. Um, but I'll get back to you guys on some, some other options for date nights. But for now, it's a restaurant and a good paint sip night. That seems to be a very good night. Wait, Safi, can I say something? Because I just noticed something, and this is very rare, that we're in the same location with a bunch of Eagles fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you an Eagles fan, too? Yeah. Fly, Eagles, fly. fly on the road to victory. Fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-T-L-E-S-E. Yeah, boy. Isn't there a before that? It was like, Yeah, yeah. We, we skipped through some of that. Yeah. We skipped a lot. I didn't want to take over the, you know, take over the podcast. Yes. They got like the Eagles fans. Um, and we're doing pretty good. We're two on one so far. So yeah, we'll we're see. Doing really we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll see what happens this week. Um, all right. So up next, hot topics. We just got a few. First, um... Hugh Hefner passed away um, at 91 in his home. Um, How did he die, though? He's 91. He's old. Yeah. Causes. <laughs> yeah, like, he just, like, he just stopped. Like, you know? <laughs> life just ended. I view Hugh as, like, superhuman. Like, he was that old still having sex with, like, 20-year-olds. I just thought, like, he had some type of medicine or pill he took to, like, just is everything disappear. Is or is that, like, his persona? That's the right. persona he sure. gives off. So, sure. if he really did it, probably not. But that's the persona he gave off to me as a man. Who like you know? Yeah, well, I mean, a fan I, of play you know, as the only other man in the room, I could speak to some Hugh Hefner because you know what I'm saying? We, we grew oh, up God. in the age before the internet and social media and all that stuff. I mean, right. in order to see a pair of tits, you had to like you know peep in somebody's window, <laughs> or <laughs> you had to open one of those magazines. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, the magazines You know, you go into like your dad's cardboard box it's like you know shoved under the steps or something and you find some gold <laughs> right. and it's like wow and you're you know. not speaking from experience well on that end, I'm, say, I'm not putting that on the internet that, uh, that I'm peeping in somebody's window so <laughs> right <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> yeah and one thing uh, that uh, somebody had posted or people posted after was like a quote by him that um, basically is like don't live your life living someone else's dream that's not it verbatim it's something along those lines you have to have made that quote yeah and it wow. like that's he like that's why he created playboy like he was tired of whatever he was doing so he this was his dream and he started living his dream and look how successful he became wow. so that was just a gem for me this week like don't be out here thinking that you got to live somebody else's dream 
you do for a little bit to get these coins to pay those bills but after that like you know do still you? be yes right doing what you want to do and live living your dream um okay so then i'm sure everybody has seen the for the d slash p challenge unfortunately um unfortunately and so the first one that i saw was erica badu and michael blackston yeah, i watched it like good. 15 times i saw Issa Rae's. yeah, yeah i saw Issa Rae's. Issa Rae was good um but yeah, Badu came out and I was just like, yes, girl. Like she was, the stuff she was saying, I was like dying laughing. She's like, I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tasha and I actually have a little gem for you all. We're going to do our challenge. Um, I can't wait to hear this. And these are not necessarily things that I per se would do for the D, but so you know. It was just some creative because it's fun to talk about. I'm just saying, if you gonna spit bars, you gotta spit the hard truth. That's what I'm saying. I know. I'm just trying to be like these rappers out here talking about their real life. Right. Like homegirl that got a deal for Capitol Records. Who is she? Who? The Doctor Phil chick. Oh, the Cash Me Out. Yeah. Like people out here just spitting so many bars for nothing. Right. Okay. So Tasha, you gonna go first? All right. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Get my Nicki Minaj on. Yeah. Alright, Tasha. Tasha Ray on the mic. Uh, yeah. I go to class for the dick. Fuck around and get a new ass for the dicks. I wear protection for that dick. Not trying to get a yeast infection for that dick. Woo! I pay my student loans for that dick. Spend my money, don't have a home for that dick. I do my hair for that dick. Oh, you got a girl, we can share for that dick. <laughs> I pay the price for that dick. Went to Spain and became a future wife for that dick. Hey! 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 Now I feel the pressure. Tasha, good job. Come on, Juicy. Uh, Come on, Juicy. Bring us home. <laughs> okay. I'm not a professional rapper like Tasha. Um, <laughs> so y'all might have to count me in. But here we go. Yo. Here I go. I hop in Uber pool for the dick. Fuck a Uber. I will model for the dick. Hey. Green belt to branch ass for the dick. Check them timelines for the dick. Fresh wax all pussy for the dick. Give up jerk chicken, go vegan for the dick. Juicy. Fuck kneeling, I'm saluting for the dick. Take a trip to Costco for the dick. Costco, no. Last time supply your magnets for the dick. Might hop on Tinder, stop swiping for the dick. Hey. Okay, diva. Yes. So that was me. It was it was off a little bit. That was real. Like Costco. Yes. Wait, so how far is that in like 
relationship. That's like the first stop on the green line to the last stop on the green line. Okay, so yeah. commitment. Yeah, commitment. Committed for the yeah. dick. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's our our for the D challenge. Maybe we should make a video and go viral on these on these uh niggas and bitches real quick. I think oh yeah, let's okay. Let's just have to rewrap that up. Okay, so yeah. okay, we're gonna we going we're gonna put it together for a video. You know, we we out here doing our thing. Um, okay, so that's our for the D challenge. But go search the hashtag. Like people have put up some very interesting ones, and the girl who apparently did the original one is like upset that she's not getting credit for starting the For the D Challenge. Oh, was it Erica Badu? No, no. somebody else oh. apparently started it. I, and I didn't even see her, so I don't Damn. even know what hers is. So, yeah. Cheryl got the juice. Yeah. Cheryl she, got the juice. Or the squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the reason we have Tiff and Jay on the show today and Brian is because we're going to hit on the topic of interracial dating um so obviously you guys cannot see us but jay is a caucasian male and (laughs) tiffany is an african-american female and then we have brian here who is a product of an interracial relationship um his father is african-american and his mom is caucasian um so we're just gonna talk about this because i feel like sometimes it's kind of taboo in society um and we're just gonna get to the bottom of it well maybe not get to the bottom of it because we're not doing any type of deep dive but (laughs) let's see let's 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 get started um so you guys met I got so nervous. Oh <laughs> no, don't get nervous. It's so weird. I feel like this like this like sliceable tense that happened. No, okay, so <laughs> so you guys met in California. Um and just for some background, prior to Jay, were did you date white guys? Yes. Or okay. So you were always open to Absolutely. to both. Are you open to both black guys, white guys, any race? So I grew up in Marietta and, you know, we were the only black family there for a long time. It was predominantly white. And so I've been in situations where it's been, and my parents were so fantastic that they taught me not, not to see color. I think that's like a silly thing. So obviously I can see color, but not to make that my judgment based on who they are as a person. So I've literally been so open since high school. I was dating like Hispanics and in college I dated white guys or people from Spain or Europe or black people and I dated like Africans so I've I literally feel like I've had a great how many boyfriends do you have? Okay, I know that's not a bad <laughs> No she didn't say boyfriend. Really? Okay, all right. She didn't say she said dating. 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 I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm trying to slice that tension. I love you so much. You're in my world. Um so I don't know, I've just been so open. So when I met him it wasn't like, oh he's white, he's hot, or oh he's this, he's that. Mm-hmm. He just was such a beautiful human that mm-hmm. I was like, I have to get to know him better. Okay. Yeah. And so then for you, Jay, um, before Tiffany did you date yeah, black girls? Tables. Turn around. Uh, tables have uh, turned. So yeah, um, I I had uh, dated black women prior to Tiffany. Uh, I had a Hispanic girlfriend as well, uh, Colombian girl. I, I lived in Miami for a couple years, and uh, I, I dated her. So I've definitely dated outside of my race before. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit of my background, I grew up in and around the Philadelphia area. Uh, I went to high school in a suburb of Philadelphia, about twenty miles north, um, in a place called Lansdale, and. You know, in high school, I played sports, and I think athletics, um, you know, was a great uh, way to kind of slice the tension and bring people together. Mm -hmm. But I had had all kinds of friends growing up, you know, Indians, Asians, 
black guys, Muslims, you know, it, it didn't matter. Uh, we, I had all kinds of friends, you know, throughout my life, and I, I dated outside my race. So when I saw Tiffany, we actually met in Los Angeles uh, because I had actually never been to Los Angeles before. And I was out there for work, and I, I went to see the Pacific Ocean and have a couple beers, bounce around with a friend, and uh, she, I mean, she, I walked into this bar and I immediately saw her and her friend sitting at a, at, on some bar stools, and a friend of mine and I just went up like uh, two guys, two girls, let's, let's have some conversation, mm -hmm. place we've never been. And to me, like, I didn't immediately just see, oh, there's a black girl, I, I want to date black girls. Like, I just saw, you know, a good looking woman. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, like Tiffany said, People say they're colorblind or they don't see color. I mean, that's kind of foolish because everybody sees color, but that, that wasn't a determining factor for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't see her and was like, I want to date a black girl. You know, right. I just, I saw her, she was attractive, we had good conversation, and now we're doing podcasts in our in our apartment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So, I guess the next question would be, when you, have you all experienced um, or do you guys get weird looks when you guys are out or has anybody, you know, even been bold enough to say anything to you all about the fact that you all are in an interracial relationship? Um, you know, I think we're, we're always aware that people are looking at us and watching us because they're trying to figure out what's going on and... I think we're both very lucky that I lived in Los Angeles and it's obviously the melting pot, for me, the melting pot of the United States and being in DC, it's very diverse. I don't think it's so better. I think it's very white and very black. And there's a lot of other ethnicities here, but people mm -hmm. definitely watch us, look at us. And I've, I've learned not to judge their reaction and just be open to their probably like, oh, they're super tall or like maybe they're good looking or I, I hope it's not because like, oh, they're black and they're white and it's different and this is weird. Mm -hmm. um, I, no one said anything to us. I think for for us, like our family was always the primary concern mm -hmm. because obviously, oh, yeah. you know what I mean. Because I feel like when I when I was started dating him, I'm like, do your parents know that I'm black? And he was like, it's not important. And I'm like, well, it is important. And he agreed. And I think it's for me that my my family, it's important too that they know what who's coming into their home. And so, you know, my brother in law, he's a white Jewish man, so it's not like they're gonna be surprised, but. I do want them to know, like, I'm dating him, and this is who he is, and by the way, he is white. It's not like, oh, Jay's white, and this is who he is. But right. I think my gra my grandmother was the only person to say something like, I don't know. What yeah, was I mean, <laughs> she, she, you know, automatically assumed me being of the Caucasian descent, um, <laughs> that, that I was, like, a Trump supporter and things <laughs> like that. And, you know, she just kind of stereotyped me but like you know I did the respectful thing just sort of like you know laughed it off this was the first time I was meeting right. her family mm -hmm. um, so you know she had some some comments and she comes from let's call it the old world I mean we still deal with some of the same stuff now in terms of race mm -hmm. and relations and you know things like that now that would should have been dealt with years ago or we should be way more progressive from it in, in my in my perspective but mm -hmm. Um, her grandmother just had a few, you know, laughable type comments. Nothing like, you know, get out of the house. You know what I mean? Like, you know, right. stick to your own. They kind of love stuff. him. Like, probably more than. Yeah, and I love them they too. They're, they're great. And, and the same thing for my family. Um, you know, I, I definitely identified Tiffany as a black woman, but I didn't do that first. You know, I wanted them to know things about her, and I, I don't like when, you know, someone will say, "Oh, you know, Jay's got a black girlfriend." I'm like, no. I mean, she is black, but she's beautiful. She's high. tall. She's, yeah. she, she's many other things. You know. I, like, that's not the, the go-to um, adjective that I'd use to describe her, right? Mm -hmm. And that's just something I think and believe in. But to sort of get back to your question, you've asked if anybody 
said anything to us mm-hmm. or stopped us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, got any looks. Yeah. And I definitely, I think I'm much more like, I'm not taking anything away from her, but more street savvy or, you know, I'm more aware, let's just say that. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, I, I see certain things and, and see the way people are looking at us. And I do make assumptions that that's why they're looking at us. Mm-hmm. Tiffany has this very positive perspective that, oh, maybe it's because we're tall or we're good looking or because she's wearing a yellow dress or something. Who, who knows what it is? But you got to get a feel for, for why they're looking at you. And I right. think some of that's based on area. You know, we, we've traveled to a few different cities together mm-hmm. and we're in places like Miami here in D.C. and Philadelphia, like California. I mean, no problem. We, right. You know, but we, we've been out like in sort of middle of nowhere places like going hiking or something and you see a lot of Confederate flags mm-hmm, and yeah. a lot of signs that it's like, look, you know, we're sticking together just in case. Right. You know, but nobody's came out and said... You don't belong together. Like, this is wrong. Like, right. no one said that to okay. us. But I will say on the, on the transverse, like... There has been a few people who've come up to us and really made impacts on us. Mm-hmm. Um, like in Venice Beach? Yeah, because they say positive things to us and how much they appreciate like that you two are a beautiful couple. And, and those are the things that I hold on to remember. I, I just let the looks kind of like run off my shoulder. Right, but right. For every nasty look, there's been a positive comment. So it kind of balances it out. Does That's that awesome. Yeah. That's I really good. I have a question. Um, so one misconception that one might have about interracial relationships is... Um, I might not be able to relate to that person. This person might not understand the black experience or the white experience. So how do you kind of like, you know, navigate that situation? Um, I think it definitely, I think it did help that he's dated black women before me, to be honest. And I think for me too, to have dated other people outside of my race or outside of my skin tone, if you will, before him, just because things happen at work in walking to the metro they happen for me every single day like i did a facebook post every single fucking day i know that i'm black because someone makes a comment or someone makes an an awareness thing about me or someone makes a passive low-key insult but they think it's a compliment to me and so mm-hmm. i come home sometimes a microaggression very, yeah a very like yeah, that's, and it's that's exactly microaggressions right. and i come home and i'm frustrated and i talk to him and he completely understands i think that you know, sometimes we don't always understand, but we do do our best to like, we love this person, whatever you're saying is so relevant. I just think it's impossible for him to know what I go through every day or being a black woman, cause he's not that. So I right, think right. he does such a fantastic job supporting me with whatever I need, however I'm feeling. And I feel so comfortable coming to him with like, this is what's going on in my world. Can you give me advice? And he really does. He gives me another perspective to look at and gives me, um, I guess confidence to get back out there and do the same thing the next day and be comfortable coming home and having him there and I feel like he might feel the same way. Yeah, I mean I definitely agree with everything she said. Um, I'll take a little different spin on the way that you you proposed that question. Um, I think that Tasha originally said, you know, how do you assimilate, I guess, to you can't relate to that person because of race or something like that, but you know, how do I get along with somebody or how do I you know relate to that person because they're white or because they're black and i think inherently that's that's sort of not because they're black or they're white it's it's cultural right and yeah sure there's black culture or white culture but i think culture is culture like you know i'm i'm originally from from cities right and if i go out to the country and they're doing all kinds of bonfires and drinking moonshine and stuff like how do i relate to that you know mm-hmm. I, I don't know anything about that and whether they're white they're black this and that it's just kind of being accepting of another culture, another idea. Mm-hmm. And for me, that that's exciting. You know, like I, 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 I've eaten food that 
I, I haven't eaten before because I've dated Tiffany or because I had a Spanish girlfriend or I, I speak a second language because I've lived in certain areas, you know? Mm -hmm. And that stuff is just exciting to me and I think when you go at things with an open mind, you know, you you you, you learn, you grow and, and, and that's how you, you navigate those those differences, I guess. And but I feel like we're really lucky because I've come across many situations where like the female is black and the guy is white and they're having like all sorts of crazy issues in their relationship because they can't assimilate in each other's lives and it's so different and like my hair changes monthly maybe okay every two months it changes right. <laughs> <laughs> okay it's real it's expensive every two, every two months my hair changes and here's he's aware of that but like I was talking to another girl and her boyfriend's white and she's like we went to a party and this like one of his friends touched my hair and made this huge issue of it and he didn't understand and I feel mm -hmm. like we don't go through that because he gets it and he understands and like um he's able to see my perspective i'm able to see his perspective like our cultures i feel like overlap really nicely and so we not that we have it easy by any means but i feel like we're very lucky to be in our i think it's because situation. we're both open-minded and accepting people in general you know yeah. we have an open mind and, and that's sort of like a philosophy a life lifestyle a philosophy that i live because i feel like you know, with a closed mind, people who say, oh, I, I just, I wouldn't date a black girl. You know, I'm not attracted to them. I'm a white guy. Like, I'm attracted to white girls. I'm like, well, how can you say that? Have you met every black girl in the world? Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. So you're, you're telling me you're not attracted to a race of people. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy, right? So I think going at it with an open mind, it's, it's going to sound bad, but keeps my options open, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, my name's I, on the lease, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Your options are closed. <laughs> you know, I'm Boom. <laughs> But I think that you know people with closed minds or that, that those blinders on they say like well I'm only attracted to blonde hair blue eyed you know cowgirls or something like that sure. you're, you're missing out on a whole rack of experience you know, mm -hmm. a whole rack of, of, of people relationships and opportunities you know so I think to sum it up to, uh, open mindedness that that's how Tiffany and I kind of navigate through it yeah. well that's good and I will say just to uh, for all everybody listening Jay is definitely a white guy that's invited to the cookout like he's definitely <laughs> invited to the cookout um, he's very open like he's he's very cool to hang out with um, so Amazing. you guys have been together a year, a year and a half almost Two, it'll be two years this February. So okay, so, I mean, this might be early, um, and I don't even know if you guys started thinking about this, but I'm sure down the line you guys may want to have kids. Yes. And so, how <laughs> do you, or have you all started thinking about how you all are going to explain the biracial, like, to your kids that they're biracial, <laughs> or, like, are you going to say... Like when they have to check the box, are they checking yeah. that they're white? Are they checking that they're black? Like, how does that work? And how do those conversations, like, what? How are you guys preparing for that? I mean, we we've talked about it and we've always like laughed to make it lighthearted. But now I'm getting like emotional because I don't want my kid to be stuck in a box. I want them to be right. able to figure out and to understand that all sides of them are beautiful and all sides of them make them who they are um well the great I mean, thing about whenever y'all do have kids yeah because i didn't have this option growing up but now they have the option for selecting two or more races oh great so you're not you're not you know confined and just having to select like my father was white so i have to choose white or my father was black so i have to choose black but it's so crazy still like the that you had to be identified that way but yeah like so identifying for statistics reasons yeah. that's important but like when you walk out into the world they're gonna be known as black as a black kid yeah you know what i mean like they're gonna 
not necessarily in such a shame and I hope yeah. and I know that I'm gonna do everything I can to make them so proud of their white side and their black side like I think both sides are so beautiful and important but it's like I know when they walk out into the street they're gonna be a black person they're gonna right. be a black boy right. or a black girl right hopefully yeah. black girls well, well, and girls. I think, and <laughs> this is where we're gonna bring Brian in because I think that um, as a, and I would imagine because I'm not biracial, obviously, but when when it comes to checking the box, I know that a lot of people back in the day it was like, oh, you have one drop of black blood, you're black, you're black. Yeah. or your father is black, so you're black. Um, but Brian, like, how, growing up, how did you navigate the situation? Because, like, would you say that you identify, like, as black, as white, as biracial? Because when I look at you and I see you, I see a black man. (laughs) But, you know, everybody might not. So how did you navigate that situation being a product of a biracial uh, relationship? It's so funny. Y'all remember, like, the Scantron test we had to take, like, in elementary school for, like, the end of the year? Mm -hmm. Were you feeling the bubbles? Right, you feeling Mm -hmm. the bubbles. So I used to try and check black and white as a kid, and my test would come back, like, inconclusive. I had to take it again. Because, you know, like, back then, when they put it through the machine, it could only recognize if you chose one. So as a kid, I tried to... You know, make sure I didn't exclude my mother. Like, my mother always told me you need to check black because your father's black. So, you know, you identify who your father is. But, you know, I always felt like I was kind of leaving my mother out, too, by only checking black. Yeah. So, you know, just growing up, honestly, um, it was really a struggle as far as for trying to, like, get a sense of identity. Like, on the white side, I was never white enough for them to, like, be around them all the time. On the black side, I always had my white side. So they was like, you know, what's up, white boy? What's going on, white boy? Like, mm-hmm. I never got the full acceptance. So, I mean, I definitely had conflicting, like, thoughts. Like, am I black, really? Am I white, really? Like, you know, what am I? Um, and it really took me getting to just a level of just saying, fuck it, where I just didn't care anymore how people viewed me. I knew that I had an Italian mother and I had an African-American father. And that, you know, I love both of them. So mm-hmm. I would definitely, you know, always make sure I identify with both of them. Um, but it definitely was a struggle growing up, like trying to identify and kind of come to a sense of who accepted me and where did I belong in this world. Because I always like joke around and call like people who aren't mixed like full breeze. Like you full breeze got it easy. Like y'all know who who has your back when it comes time to decide. Like, um, But honestly, that was really a challenge for me. I really didn't know who would really accept me. Like when it came down to it. So mm-hmm. definitely I remember growing up with those issues. So D, would you say like right now, current day, you what do you identify as? Uh, African-American male. Uh, okay. Definitely an African-American male. And it's because of my upbringing. Um, so my mother's family disowned her after she married my father. So I never got to know that side of the family. Was it because okay. she, he was black? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so it was because he was black. Um, so I met my grandfather on my mom's side one time. Um, my grandmother on my mom's side was a part of my life um, growing up. But then there were some dark things that I found out. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, I have an older sister. Um, she's a half-sister, but I don't consider her a half. She's my older sister. Mm-hmm. That my grandmother had held from me and my mom that she had been trying to get in touch with me since I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for Facebook, I would have never found out about my older sister. Because mm-hmm. she found me on Facebook through like my news articles about me playing sports. And just put the pieces together and reached out to me. So I came to find out that my grandmother actually was, you know, racist as well. 
and she wasn't accepting of my father, but she knew that, you know, if she didn't welcome him in along with us, that, you know, she would never get to see her grandchildren or see her daughter. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's really just, I just always felt more comfortable in a black family. Like, mm-hmm. my father's family accepted me. There was never any issues, you know. I got jokes, of course, but I mean, nothing that was heinous or nothing that was like ill-mannered to try and make me feel bad about being half-white or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I definitely feel like, you know, growing up, I'm an African-American male, especially when I'm viewed in the world sense, like I'm always viewed as a black man first before being biracial, mm-hmm. uh, just speaking honestly. Um, anytime somebody asks me, you know, what I am, you know, I tell them that I'm black. Do you get that a lot? People ask me, what are you? Because yeah. you're so uh, yeah. fair-skinned? Yeah, exactly. Because I'm so fair-skinned. Because usually a lot of biracial babies have a lot more pigment to them than I. I just probably wasn't in the sun that much. That's probably why I got it. But, <laughs> um, you know, because uh, I come off as like, you know, if I shave my head, like get a clean cut, I can easily come off as like, you know, just a white guy. Yeah, I've gotten that too. Like, oh, Tasha, your fiance, he's white, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. <laughs> so, I mean, I definitely can play it off. Um, but no, um, it is definitely something that's asked a lot from time to time. And it's also something that, you know, has come up in our relationship too. Uh-huh. Um, just how is it, how's it being, like being with a black girl? Like people don't realize I'm half black as well. So like I've been around that, like that's nothing that's new so for crazy. me. yeah. So with these, like I say, like in 2017 right now, we are in what I would consider the most divisive times of our generation that our generation has experienced. So my last question is like, how, how are you, cause I know what it feels like to be a black woman in today's society, but how does it feel to be a black woman that's dating a white man? Or how does it feel to be a somebody that can identify as black and white in today's society? Um, because I think, like, as a black woman, it can be, it's easy for me to hear news and just be like, oh, well, that sounds about white. You know what I'm saying? Like, people are saying that, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh, these white people are so crazy. But it's like, no, all or white like people are crazy. the whole concept of, like, white privilege. Right. So, like, how does it feel to be... Again, a black woman in that situation, a white man in this situation, and then somebody that is a product of a, a biracial relationship in today's society. And honestly, I think things are going to get a little bit worse before they get better. Yeah. So just like yeah. talk us through that a little bit. Go ahead, baby. Oh, me? Oh, okay. Um, honestly, and like people that know me know like I'm very like hippy dippy posy vibe. So. I experienced a lot of the stuff that Brian did growing up. I have always been black, but I grew up in a like primarily white neighborhood. I went to a private college where I was predominantly white too. I work in a predominantly white area. So it's always really tough when I hear things because I understand both sides, but I also, I'm so into like my black culture and I'm so, it, it, it's honestly heartbreaking to see what's going on in the world and then it's hard to come back and be like I can't believe this is happening but I know he has my back so it's kind of mm-hmm. it always comes down to your partner having your back mm-hmm. and I know he always does so I feel like again not that my life is easy by any means although I have an easier time but I feel like a sigh of relief every single day knowing that he knows what I'm going through he at least does his damnedest to understand what I'm going through but I mean it's hard like the Black Lives Matter movement happens and, you know, he has 
friends from all different backgrounds. I have friends from all different backgrounds, but like, I don't know. It's just, it's really hard. It's even hard to put into words like how I feel going into situations where I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be accepted or not, or I don't know if I'm going to be like looked at or not, or looked down to or not. So I don't know. I don't think I answered it very well, but it's just, it's no, funny. I mean, I think that that's telling that you can't. I can't. Put I can't. A word it's to it's it. so hard because it's a complex topic, you mm-hmm. know, and it's it's not something that people just speak on willingly. It's sort of you know, I speak on all this stuff very reluctantly, and you know, I agree to do this because you know, people have been saying recently that you know, anybody who's who stays silent is contributing to the problem and not not helping mm-hmm. the problem. And mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know how deep we want to get into you know exactly what's going on, you know, with current events with politics with the president you know a lot of stuff going on with the nfl and the national anthem and um the the way i see things and and the view that i take on life is is i said earlier with an open mind i consider myself you know a citizen of the world you know first and you break that down i'm a citizen of the united states i'm american i'm a washingtonian now you know this and that but when i decided to be in a relationship with any woman right and i've chosen tiffany and she's chosen me we take the world head on as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing that she goes through that I don't feel, and there's nothing that I go through that she don't feel. And I'm sure Tasha and Brian, another couple, mm-hmm. sitting here deal with that same way. I mean, she and I have, you know, our visible differences. You mm-hmm. know, that we, uh, skin tone. You know, we're talking about race, and some people who don't like that. Oh well, you know, I'm not making my decisions on my life based on what somebody else thinks. Right. I'm not I think that's important. Yeah. Like, so, that's a gem. You can't... Just not even just on, like, racial things. It's just, like, well, as people, yeah. we cannot be worried about what the next person thinks about the decisions and the things that we're doing in our lives. So, so Something that you said stuck out to me because you're talking about, like, you're a citizen of the world and then the U.S. citizen breakdown. And then, like, something about that just now made me feel so... Dis- from me disconnected from like the United States because like I feel like they don't like me they don't have my back I feel like yes I'm an, I'm an African American but like really how American am I because I feel like America is trying to kick us out or mm-hmm. America doesn't really like ride for me but I know they ride for him mm-hmm. so I feel like that part I'm, I still have a lot of work to do to figure out my feelings towards it because mm-hmm. I'm watching like he said not too deep into politics but like the national anthem right. you know what I mean and the NFL and it's like there are people that I come into contact with probably on a daily basis um, in different arenas of my life that have no idea how much black Americans go through. And it's like, there's such a disconnect right now for me with Americanism, honestly, if that's even a mm-hmm. word, but I don't even know, but patriotism. patriotism. Right. No, but it's good. Americanism. It's good that, um, <laughs> what I think one thing that you all said that was really good is that while he may not fully like, have the same experiences that you have he's very understanding of what you kind of go through as a black and fights to make it better right and so i think that that's one important just in general but especially to be in an interracial relationship and make it work because like imagine if he wasn't understanding and you came home and were like oh this white girl at work we wouldn't be sitting yeah like it's like family to cut you off yeah right it wouldn't work because it wouldn't work so um brian and just uh to close up like um how does the the current like political state uh race relations in the united states like how where how does that make you feel and 
Is it, do you see anything that's like affecting your parents with, with everything that's going on? And and I know we go back and forth about it. I'm yeah. Like, stuff I deal with at work. Yeah, because I mean, Tasha's obviously black and has a very, very black experience. And you are kind of understanding to both sides of the situation. So how does that dynamic work for you all mm-hmm. in your relationship? Well, I mean, I can tell you just off top that my parents, they don't have any type of issue with the race relations right now. My mother is a person who views people by their actions. Okay. So, you know, obviously my mother doesn't, you know, care about the color at all because she married my father. Um, But, you know, it's something where I personally don't struggle with it right now. I know that personally right now, my, you know, time and my effort and what I feel is important is making sure that my black brothers and sisters are, you know, being fair and being treated equally out here. Um, But I do have people that are biracial like me that where we have these conversations where, you know, they're on the fence. Like, they sometimes feel like, you know, our black side kind of overhypes the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of try to talk about their experiences, saying, well, you know, as a half black person, I don't deal with that stuff. And I always have to remind them that you have to remember that at the same time that we're mixed, we're also getting certain privileges that being, you know, full mm-hmm. black doesn't get. Mm-hmm. It's just the honest truth about the situation. Like how we were talking about how I could pull off looking white if, you know. Passing privilege. Yeah. You, you know, have so. passing privilege. Exactly. Oh, okay, so. Exactly. Yeah, that's what it's called. Like he can, <laughs> if he, if Brian woke up one day and decided that he wanted to live his life as, as a, a white man, man he, he could, could, yeah, and he could have that passing privilege and have all the privileges of being a white man in America. Exactly, and like, I definitely could, but I willingly choose not to, you know, disrespect my father and not acknowledge him. Like you know, I'm a proud member of Alpha Phi Alpha, historically, you know, African American Greek organization, like. I took the steps growing up to make sure that I tried to help out my African-American community as much as I can. Because just to be honest, like, my white side is fine. Like, they're doing fine in America. They don't really need my help. Like, they don't need me to put in the extra effort. And this may be talking bad and wrong because, you know, I honestly don't have that much experience of, like, you know, if there's, like, a white culture that's struggling, like uh, my African-American culture is. But I just, right now, racial relations to me isn't really an issue at all. Like, I know that my black side is struggling. My black side is trying to get the same equal rights. And it's just my job and my duty, I feel like, to help any way I can. Whether it's, you know, talking on these type of podcasts to bring awareness or continuing the mentorship that I do on the Mm -hmm. side. Like, anything that I can do to make sure at the end of the day that, you know, my black culture is succeeding and living a fair life, then I'm all for it. Well, Brian, can I ask you a question? Because I know I do this to you a lot. Like, I'll come home and I'll um, have a bad day at work and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, these white people are crazy at my job. Like, kind of like bashing white people just from my experience at work some days. So, like, how does that make you feel or... I mean, and you know this yourself. Like, you know, sometimes I feel like you're overhyping the situation. Sometimes I don't feel like it's always because you're black that you're going through these struggles. And we've had this conversation. We've had arguments because of it, you know? Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah. Oh, oh, no. It's it's not always supportive. Like, I do feel like sometimes it is a skin color. But sometimes I do think, you know, it's personal actions that, you know, are the reason why you're not getting the stuff you get. Um, Does it bother me? Um, Sometimes it does. Because at the end of the day, you know, you still are talking about my mother. Like, my mother right. is a white woman. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, well, no- I'm going to interject there because it's like, it's not that she's talking about your mother because your mother doesn't work with her. So she's not like having these experiences with your mother. She's talking about the white women at work that are treating her a certain way. So, wh- so why would you 
think or assume like just because somebody is talking about like a white person that it means that they're talking about your mother um i guess you can put in the same type of context where like people will talk about black people like generalization have, like a generalization about yeah, it stereotype. Right. Okay. Right. like a stereotype about it like i can't stand these black people like i can't stand how they do x y and z okay you know so and at the end of the day you know you identify yourself as a black woman so mm-hmm. and you know that that may not be you so don't try to put me in that catholic conversation kind of like when people say y'all y'all y'all, y'all, y'all men do this y'all right? women yeah i hate and when guys say that exactly so it's it's that type <laughs> of thing and i mean the one thing that i like the real reason why I love Tasha is Tasha's the first woman that has not been afraid of confrontation when it comes to speaking your mind. Like I've been in relationships in the past where, you know, these race issues have come up mm-hmm. and it's been a very uncomfortable thing mm-hmm. and they feel like they have to hold their tongue. Mm-hmm. That's not Tasha. Tasha yeah, she hold. wasn't raised like that. Yeah, Tasha, <laughs> her, her Tasha, dad ain't having that. <laughs> yeah, you know, Tasha don't hold her tongue at all. So I feel like when I have these conversations with her, like I'm not getting no sugar coated. I just want to say something to make them feel better type of thing like I know how she feels and how she feels and I mean Tasha can attest this too we don't always end on an agreement right we don't always end on an agreement but we also don't end on anything being open still like well what does she really mean or what does she right. really think like our conversations are a beginning a middle and an end completed with respect right yes right it's never no right. disrespect yeah. too like there's never been disrespectful and that's the thing that I think Honestly, this society is really struggling with, like this new generation, is confrontation really seems to bother people. Like they don't really seem to like the idea of like expressing their thoughts. Like if I tell you how I feel, for some reason that's a problem that I feel that type of way. But I, I think to play on his point too, it, it, there's, there's extremes. People are competitive, they want to win, right? So like you and Tasha, you love each other and ultimately your goal at the end of anything is to grow together and be in a relationship together, maybe start a family. And together you win. And together you win, right? And yeah. even if you agree to disagree, you're saying A and she's saying B, and at the end you don't equal C, you're still saying A and she's saying B, but like Tiffany said, you do it with respect. But to speak on society, it's more extreme because some of the people are taking extreme actions to win. Mm-hmm. They're taking low blows, yeah. they're, they're cheating, or what, however you want to say it. They're, they're taking shortcuts and, and extreme measures, and that's what's wrong with society. But they shouldn't be afraid of confrontation. They should be open to it, but handle it respectfully. That, that was a big thing for me, like, and I don't think people do that you know, in general. They, they, they handle things very disrespectfully. I think people that handle them bad or poorly are the ones that are really not open to growing. Because I feel like if you're, if you two have a disagreement, the goal is to grow from it so you guys can do it better the next time. You know what I mean? Like if we have a disagreement about something, we might not agree today or, or tomorrow, but like we'll learn how to talk to each other differently the next time it comes up. And I feel like people in America, we have such opposing views right now. We just keep butting heads and no one's really willing to let go of their pride because of they want to have either um, enti- it's like entitlement or ownership over America itself. And it's like, no, America's for the white people. Oh, no, America's for minorities. America's for this, for that. And it's like, America's for all people. And I feel like because no, neither side is willing to like really have a conversation to help the other person like grow, we keep coming up to like and the butting people, heads. The people who aren't willing to do that are the people who I feel don't really understand it. You know, and that don't want to understand it. To, to use it. an example, I mean, we're talking about race and a little bit about what's going on in the world. The people who are opposed to the Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. statement, right? What's the problem with that? Right. You know what I mean? And people are saying, well, all lives matter. Well, by you saying that, I don't think you totally understand what, what they're saying by Black Lives Matter. Right. And I'm just speaking in general, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. using that as an example. And I think that when people don't 
have an open mind. I keep saying that, but that, that's really how I feel. They, they just don't... They it's hard don't. to not white people. It's so hard not to say white people don't have this yeah. right now because I feel like that's where a lot of the issue that's no, coming it is. up. No, and, really and I hate... I keep saying like both, but I'm like, a lot of it's coming from people that voted for a certain person and it's coming from that stem of like anger and hate for... But that amplifies it. That's giving people a stage and a form yeah. to speak yeah. out. And so you're seeing that so much more. It's exemplified in our country right now. But again, I just think it's people who don't fully understand. They don't try to understand. So when Tasha and Brian have a disagreement, you know, and, and Brian's saying A and she's saying B, they're able to respectfully come to it because you understand where Brian's coming from. Right. And he understands where you're coming from, but you still have your individuality and your mindset. Right. And we're allowed to have that here in America, but you have to have right. an understanding of the other side. And, I, and actually, I think Jay just put hit on the biggest reason why interracial dating works is because at the end of the day, like the best interracial couples that I've ever met and I've ever been around mm -hmm. at the end of the relationship, they still have their individual like self to mm -hmm. them. You know, they don't have to identify themselves as I'm this white guy dating this black girl. You know, they have I'm me. I have my personality. I have my likes. I have my dislikes. And that's what makes me unique, not right. what I was born as. Right. So I think that we embrace that between the two of us. We exactly. love that. We exactly. learn from each other. And I think that ultimately is why interracial dating works. At the end of the day, is when those couples can leave their relationship as individuals mm -hmm. and just realize they found another individual who just works perfectly with them. Mm -hmm. I think that ultimately is what makes interracial work. Uh, interracial dating work. I mean, any relationship, honestly, um, would need to be like people being open and mm -hmm. you know accepting others for their differences because just because i've dated black men like i've dated black men that have had a totally different life experience than i've had right, right. so there were still some things culturally that we had to kind of talk about talk through see eye to eye on agree to disagree um whatever it was so i mean i think that the big thing is that people are seeing color mm -hmm. and we don't necessarily need to see it like you guys love each other you found each other and mm -hmm. that's what matters um right. the fact that you guys are different races is something that we don't run from we embrace it i think it should be celebrated and i feel like exactly. people are always going to see color but it doesn't need to be a judgment it doesn't need to be like oh that person's white and that person's black and they're together but why are they together or like what you know what I mean like it's right. like a judgment behind right. it it just needs to be like oh that okay that's these two that's people awesome. are happy yeah yeah <laughs> like that's see that's what we would like, like normalize right. as not looked at as like yeah we realize we're interracial that's what people see first but I'd hope in a perfect world people would be like wow they're happy people oh mm -hmm. they're interracial too yeah. I mean it's just not normal that's idealistic yeah, you know right. but we got a long way to go yeah. in this world for that. Um, okay, but actually, I have one more thing for real this time. Um, <laughs> this is the last. Thing. This is the last question I have. So, if so, to the people that would come to you all and have very negative views about it, not necessarily take the you know these are people that just love each other approach and will call you all sellouts. What would your response to that be? A nice response. Um, just a response period. It doesn't have to be nice. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've, I've worked really hard in my lifetime to understand like who my core is and like, like not monitor, but just be aware of my reactions. And I don't give people the time of day that come at me with negativity in general. Mm -hmm. So I don't see why that would like, if a stranger off the street was like, Oh, this is, this is wrong. You're wrong. You're negative. I'd be like, what's going on in your life that you have to project your hateful feelings onto me. And I, 
I've learned to not like brush it off, but it doesn't phase me. Like that's mm-hmm. not, you're not even a part of my life. So why would that matter to me? Right. You Your know? opinion. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I'd like to ideally think I'd handle it as well as <laughs> Tiffany, but like, I, no. <laughs> I, honestly, like I, I know, I, I know some of my flaws, if you will, um, I run a little hot sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, especially when it comes to my woman, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, don't ever put her in a, you can say whatever you want to me. Right. But if we're walking down the street and you came up to me and started talking some sellout shit, like, I'm going to have something to say to you, yeah. you know what I mean? And I don't, I don't want to say on the radio exactly what I say, because that would be an impulse for me. Right, right. right. You know what I mean? But, but at you the same know you time, would be upset. In my mind, that would frustrate me and that would upset me that somebody felt empowered enough to come up to me and sort of ruin my day, mm-hmm. right? And, and, yeah. and step into my girlfriend and I's world and sort of make us feel negative, right? right? I don't go around the world trying to make people feel negative, you know? Even when I, we talk about pet peeves, I'm beeping and giving the bird to people on the highway, <laughs> you know, I still feel a little bad about it sometimes, and that's why. <laughs> 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 he's on 14th Street, he's like laying into his horn on But that's why I, the next guy who like lets me in when I merge, I wave at him to make, make up for it. But I, I'm, I'm putting some humor on it, but at the same time, if, if somebody came up to us and said that, like that would be handled on impulse and based mm-hmm. on how severe, I would match that level of intensity that they brought to me with intensity back to them. I'm not saying necessarily physically. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that, you know, if you want to come to me with negativity, I will match that to you. And, and you're not going to come up here openly with an open invitation to ruin our day. Mm-hmm. And disrespect And see, that's and why I love that. him so much. Yeah. Because he's really the first man in my life that's ever met me with, like, my yin to my yang. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very, like everything's gonna work out and like very hippy dippy and like everything's gonna be great and he's like no match it with fire (laughs) you know i think when we do have kids i'll be i'll come back on the podcast Mm -hmm. and say something different because i don't know like once mama bear kicks in that's me a different situation like i never because i've been through some shit i know all of us sitting in this room have been through some stuff um but i never want my kids to go through that so right i don't know how i'll respond when that happens and my kids have to see the ugliness of the world um but for now, still hippy-dippy, and I'll let him well, handle all I, of the I fire. One thing I want to uh, comment on, too, is I, I thought it was, uh, you asked sort of about children and stuff like that, and that's definitely something that's in our future, you know, I hope, uh, for both of us, and we want that. Um, and I just thought it was really interesting to hear Brian's perspective on things. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brian and I have hung out a bunch of times, and we do a lot of sports talk and beer <laughs> drinking and, and partying fun, stuff like that. But it was really cool to hear hear that side of it because that that really like opened some of my eyes to things like that that you know our kids are going to have a white dad and a black mother and, yeah. and how do you shape their values based? You tell them that that hold on to your blackness and your whiteness. You mm-hmm. know that's that's a turn that that sort of mm-hmm. that thing that's going to hold them back to some of the world. Turn that empower that right. Embrace that. You're the best of both worlds, right? right. And Brian's a dope dude, man. Yeah. And I, you know, not because he's he's black or he's white or he's both or whatever, but because he's great at basketball. He's got a cool girlfriend, cool friends, and you know he drinks just as many beers as I do. You know, we <laughs> like like the Eagles, right? And that that's why he's cool. And I want our kids, and and I think it's important the area you raise your kids in too. Mm-hmm. Um, if if Brian was raised in, you know, middle of nowhere. Um, Kentucky, Nebraska, somewhere where there's not black people for miles, mm-hmm. he would have been 
very, very whitewashed, yeah. you know, unfortunately. But I think he's been able to celebrate both of his sides, his Italian side and his black side. And that was just a really cool story to, to hear. I didn't I didn't know that about my friend. So yeah. that was very helpful to me. And, and I hope the rest of the people who are listening to this, you know, that was just as, as powerful a message. To and them. I think another important thing is that I feel like our generation um, is going to be able to set our kids up for those situations Absolutely. a little bit better than yeah. our parents' generation was yep. able to. So, Because I think like my parents moved us from San Diego to, to marry to California when I was two years old. Not a black person in sight besides our family. And I just don't think they were either ready or prepared because a lot of the things I've gone through in life I went through on my own like mm-hmm. no respect to my parents but like I remember coming home from school when I was in like third grade I didn't know I was black growing up until I was third grade mm. because they just never raised me mm-hmm. to be like you're black you do this you do black things quote unquote mm-hmm. they just right. raised me as they knew best how and they raised me to be great but like when someone said I couldn't play on the monkey bars and that was a chocolate bar, I had no idea what they were oh, saying. Wow. So someone had to explain to me what that was. Somebody called you a chocolate someone bar? Someone was like, you can't play with us because you're a chocolate bar. This little this little white boy. And I was crying to the teacher's aide on the playground. And she's like, why are you crying? And I told her and she pulled the guy, the boy, and she was like, apologize to her right now. And so he apologized. And I was like, it's okay. And she's like, no, when someone does something that terrible to you, it's not okay. You say you accept your apology. And so Mm -hmm. from then on, it has been hard for guys to apologize. But other than than that, (laughs) you know, I didn't ever grow up. My parents and playing soccer and doing different professions and going to school. Like I left by myself in high school because I was a black female, but because my dialect people thought I was white or because I dress wearing Abercrombie and Fitch in Marietta, California, they were like, oh, no, you can't sit with us because you're not black enough and then you're also not white so you can't sit with us. So I sat by myself for most of my life. Yeah. And, you know, going through, so I kind of, I relate a lot with what Brian goes through even though I'm not biracial per se, but like I've experienced a lot of that not knowing where to fit an identity crisis, being a full black woman in a white world and I, and I know now to give my kids the tools to be able to go through this without having to fix all their problems for them. So I feel like they do get to fall on their face sometimes and struggle and come to mom and dad and have us help them out, but they have to figure out on their own then yeah. day. Yeah. Okay. Um, we could talk forever, forever about right? race relations in America 2017, <laughs> um, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with a quick listener question. back with our listener question um we've refilled our drinks and you know everybody's feeling good so here we go dear juicy i have been with my fiance for five years we dated for three years before moving in together after living together for one year he popped the question we've been living the engaged life for the last year which really just means tons of wedding planning because of all of this our sex life has taken a dive I'm writing to ask for some tips to spice our sex life up, being that we're in this long-term relationship. Do you have any tips? So they're not having sex. I was like, what do you mean by taking a dive? Because it's like, is their frequency different? Is like the quality different? I feel like people have subjective dives. Very open-ended. It's very open-ended. Very open-ended. Yeah, let's assume that they're not having sex or like, their frequency has gone down. It needs to go up. Like they need to up the 
intimacy in their okay, relationship. Okay, so, so they ask, how can we spice, spice it up, it up again? In their in their in their sex life. I mean, because in long term relationships, um, sex does take a. Di- I don't know when I live. I think with my take a dive isn't the right word. I feel like it shifts. Not priority, because obviously it's such a high priority, but, like, I think both of us, we... Th- the dogs aren't getting along. Right. <laughs> um, I feel like we thought when we lived together from dating long... Di- we dated long distance to, like, moving in together right away. And so I feel like both of us thought, like, oh, yes, it's going to be, like, every day. Mm-hmm. Definitely not the case. But we have such a great sex life that I don't feel like the frequency going down mm-hmm. means it took a nosedive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think for her or who the, or him or whoever the person was, they need to go do more dates together yes. out to reconnect because mm-hmm. if you're not fulfilling that like intimate need between the two of you, it's because the intimacy out elsewhere isn't being fulfilled either. Mm. You know what I mean? So I feel like they yeah. need to go do more things, either break up the week and go out and do like a poetry night or go do what their friend activity is, like whatever they did when they first started dating, they need to go back doing those things and the, the sex will naturally come back to them. Because maybe like. it's just like the status quo right now. We just come home every night and wedding plan. Yeah, because I know like, yeah, right. through wedding planning, um, well, when couples get engaged, yeah. and I like experienced this with one of my friends, they get engaged and like they spend that year or two wedding planning and that's mm-hmm. what's bringing them together like mm-hmm. that's the only thing that they have to think about so then like after the wedding happens it's like oh okay we actually are in a relationship like hey yeah so what would okay well my tips but but let me just start off by saying i'm single so girlfriend i don't know why you're writing me for relationship advice <laughs> but but <laughs> I, 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 should have some sort of agreement because I was actually watching the black love documentary on oh, own yeah, and one of the couples said that they have an agreement that they are are to have sex uh, three to four times a week like they have to do it like that is what they do so I don't know maybe start there um, I think that you guys have to figure out like how to um, be sexy with one another when you're not in each other's face kind of like building up that anticipation so whether that's like sexting or leaving cute little notes or whatever okay, like i feel like a signed contract and yet sex is not sexy <laughs> yeah, yeah. like i was like a signed contract that says we will have sex three times a week is like the opposite of sexy you will do it missionary <laughs> you with will me. do it missionary. No, really good good your sexy. yeah Juicy's really good at sex i'm pretty good at sex she actually has classes <laughs> yeah if you need some advice you need some help you know i'm here for you um but what would be your tip i mean because both of you what all are take? in like longer term relationships so well for me like i really like role playing okay role playing okay tosh so i have my alter ego whose name is ray sometimes she's a stripper sometimes she works at a massage parlor i like the masseuse ray oh you like the masseuse ray masseuse ray is nice no she is nice i love when masseuse ray comes so ray gets things spicy in the bedroom Okay, Brian, okay. Anyway, um, other than that, like, definitely, um, we like to work out as a couple, and sometimes that builds up that... The endorphins. Yeah, so that gets it going, so, like, we'll do the workout thing, and 
I mean, be. I feel like if you feel that way, be open and honest with it. Have the communication around it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people will go through the situation but not, you know, tell the other person, like, I'm lacking this intimacy or vice versa. So I think, number one, you have to be honest and don't right. be afraid to, like, say that, hey, this is a problem. We need to work on it. Okay. Any other advice? I feel like he just might need to just, you know, one time when she's sitting on the couch, just come on over there, take her pants down, and go down on them real quick. You know? Okay. Very specific. What I mean by that, it feels like he may not be doing his job as far as for showing her that he wants to do something. Right. Because, um, I mean, I remember that's, honestly, you, you don't mind talking? I know. Okay. So, you know, that was something that in the past. Right, so she, I, he checked first, right? I, yeah. I was really lazy. I was really lazy, but I just like, you know, whatever she wants to do it with, do it, whatever, you know. I ain't gonna turn it down ever, but you know, Tasha really made me aware that I need you to like show me that you want to do this. Like, mm-hmm, I don't absolutely. always want to, you know, feel like I'm forcing you to do this, which you know, you never want someone to feel like they're forcing to have sex. Right. Like, so I think he needs to step up, honestly, in that aspect, because it just sounds like you know he's not showing that to her right now because they have a set schedule. Mm-hmm. So, but that took a that took a conversation for you to. So that took Tasha saying something to you. For you to realize that. So communication is important in that situation. Definitely. definitely. Okay. Yeah, I think you need to be open with the communication too. Like, you know, speak your mind. Don't let it like lie, you know. But I think, you know, for me and Tiffany, I mean, we we used to date long distance. So every time I'd see her... You Chloe know, is I mean, loving that tool. I know. Yeah. She's, She's choking. choking She's choking. She just lets them on time to talk about sex. <laughs> Every time we'd see each other, it was like, you know, we hadn't seen each other for a month or a couple of weeks, and we couldn't keep our hands off of each other, right? Mm-hmm. And then when we moved in together, we both thought, like, we're going to jump each other's bones, like, every day. Every yeah. day. But I think it's important <laughs> to, to keep certain things separate. Like, people talk about the separation of church and state. You know, mm-hmm. that's what's taking God out of elementary schools, right? And the same thing holds true at home. Like, I come home and I'm stressed out from work and like I gotta eat, I gotta walk the dog, I gotta do the laundry, I gotta pay the bills, and she's got a laundry list of things to do. And you just gotta for this guy or this gal, like you gotta find times to separate that. Like you still gotta have that fire in the relationship. And it obviously that's cliche stuff to say, right? So if this person really wants some examples, some things that like work to spice things up for us, I mean we, we really haven't needed that. We stay spicy, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we haven't like we haven't been in there sriracha. For that long. Yeah. He's a sriracha. He's a sriracha. But I think one thing like Brian, like Brian said is, you know, you know, take control. Like, go rip those panties off and, and you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yes. It's going down to Guys, this I'm, I'm just saying, you, you got to do something as... When as, this podcast over. You got okay. to do something as the man. Because every woman, like, excuse my language, but most women maybe, like, they, they want... You know, like that dominance as a man, like that's a, that's sexy to a woman. Yes. You know, so he's got to get off his ass and do that, do something. Right. But I think for her, you know, to make him entice, like one thing that Tiffany and I did, like you know, we used to have sex, like we have a king size bed. That, that's where we just did the did the dance, man. But you know, you do that in the same time, the same place. You know, this it comes right. routine, right? So like then we we did it out here on the couch that you guys are sitting on. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just teasing with that, but like you know, spice it up, like right. switch locations, like try try something different, like like Brian said, go down, do 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 something different, break we up the monotony. Do it in public. We were like drinking, he's like, you want to go on the roof, and I was like, hell no, it's cold. 
We didn't go up there. It was way too cold. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew it was going to end with y'all right. going up there. Right. was like, you know, we didn't go up there. Jeff was like, no. That's my advice. You know, yeah. try, try something different. Try like, something different. You know, a, a different location or something that's unexpected or, or, or you know, just, just try something different. Yeah. And location's an easy one to, to yeah. get started. Yeah. And I, I like what you said about, like, the guy being, like, dominating in this situation. Because, like, even as I would consider myself alpha female, but I still, like, a guy to take the reins in the bedroom. Not even, like, you need them in other aspects of life, too. Because, like, at work, I have to be not the alpha, but I have to control conversations. Right. I have to, like, do this and do that and be so dominant it's in certain situations mm-hmm. that like i don't want to do it when i come home yeah. i want to be the one not passive but i want to be the one to be low-key like very taken care of yeah in all aspects yeah you know and they deserve that yeah i think i earned it yeah i mean i think like situations can start off and the woman could be the pillow princess and then you know she could you get that fire up out of her and she's no longer the pillow princess in the year. What is pillow princess is like a woman that just likes to lie there and just kind of get things and done get pleased so yeah, um, yeah. So you know, spice it up. Um, send a little sexy text or picture or whatever. Um, oh yeah, nasty talk. Yeah, nasty talk. Nasty talk. Nasty talk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Switching up locations. Uh, go out to the bar, get a drink, and then tell them to, to meet you in the bathroom. Maybe, maybe. I mean, you know, ass bar bathroom. <laughs> yes, yes. Maybe in the bathroom. Try it. Try it in the car. Hell, I don't know. Just try different things, um, but I think one thing, <laughs> one thing that was very important that both of these couples touched on was the communication aspect of it. So make sure that he knows or she knows that there are issues. You want to do it more, and then once you communicate that to the person, you give them the information. Both of you all just need to work on it, um, and don't be discouraged, girl. You're about to walk down that aisle, uh, become wifey. So. Things, things are looking up for you, baby. Oh, that's yes. so great. So we're going to wrap up. Um, do you guys have any social media handles that you would like to share? Don't You do not have to share if you don't want to. Um, so I will start. Um, I have, of course, my personal page, Juicy Diva on Instagram, J-U-I-C-Y-D-V-A um, on Instagram. And then also you want to make sure that you're following the podcast at 29 the word and then 88 the number and that is on we're on facebook and instagram under those handles so on instagram you can follow me on instagram yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah instagram you can follow me uh my instagram is m-i-i-z-t-a-s-h-a-r-a-e and then on twitter it's natasha ray s-i-g so follow me and let me know how you felt about this episode nice you don't need to follow me. I post basic stuff like pictures of leaves during the fall. And, like, <laughs> You're on a good Instagram. Yeah, good I post pictures of my dog. Like <laughs> all of my snaps are like, oh, my dog Chloe woke up this morning. <laughs> like, so oh, my boyfriend. T- Tiffany's Instagram is Tiffany Ray R A E Harrison. <laughs> Boring. Yeah. Like, I, I accept any and all followers. My Instagram <laughs> is Jemaine J E M A I N E Jones thirty three. One of my favorite what? basketball players. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. I was like, what? <laughs> you're like, who's that? Jermaine. <laughs> Jermaine. Uh, Brian, are you sharing or? Uh, the feds be watching. No okay. Brian is not sharing his Instagram page, so <laughs> do not go look for Brian. You Don't look for me, man. You can find him on my page. God damn it, Tasha. I tag him. God damn it, Tasha. Beyonce. Okay. Oh, 
okay well you guys have a great week we're gonna sign off here thank you again um for you guys coming on being so open and honest with everything that we talked about and maybe we'll see you guys on a future episode um so everyone listeners out there have a wonderful week you guys want to say bye bye, bye. this was great go eagles go eagles fly eagles fly, fly.